Good morning. Are you guys excited? I'm not that excited. I'm just kidding. I'm kind of excited. I don't know. So today is family day, so all the little kiddos can stay up here with us. I'm a big fan of family day. I know sometimes the kids may not be that excited about it, but kids need to learn how to be in big church. Um, if they only go downstairs every Sunday and then they graduate, show in church and go to youth group and then graduate and go to high school. If they've never been a part of children's church, they're not, I mean, big church, they're not going to want to. So when they leave high school, they're not going to come back. Um, There's so many, like, devastating statistics that back that up, and I don't want our kids to be those kids. I want our kids, when they leave children's church or when they leave youth group, they'll want to be a part of big church. Um, and they need to see how you guys are a part of big church. And um, speaking of family day, it's also a rest for all of our volunteers. Um, so if you volunteer, thank you so, so much. You guys are awesome. I literally couldn't do it by myself because I couldn't teach uh, Sunday, like both services each day, every Sunday. That would be crazy, and I would never hear Ben. Um, and you guys are so, we have like a thing, like if you are a teacher, we serve one, worship one, meaning like if you teach at Vanceburg, then you need to try to attend Kentucky Heights to still be in the service. And you guys do so well at that, like, you guys are like, you pretty much always do it. Um, so thank you for that. And thank you for showing your kids that it's important to be at church. Because um, it's be easy just to show up when you teach. But you make sure that you're here when you don't teach. And when you do teach, you're at the other service. So thank you. You guys are awesome. Um, so anyway, I'm going to wrap up the Reduce series, like Ben said. Leslie had the first two weeks. She said she did good. Dusty had the third and fourth, and he talked about distractions. Um, he brought the bop it. Like, the youth group has not stopped playing with that since then. Um, I think he did good. That might be because I think he's cute, but I don't know. Um, and this week, I'm going to talk about reducing resentment. It's not a fun word. It's kind of a scary word sometimes. Um, it's a word that people ignore. Like, they'll want to do everything else in the Bible, but, like, when it comes to, like, resentment and forgiveness, they're just like, eh just cover that up um but we're not going to today and I almost want to say and I think sometimes we think that we're entitled to resentment we're entitled to hold a grudge they did this to me so I'm gonna be mad at them for the next 20 years nope not good um so our theme verse has been Mark 8 36 and I'm also going to read 37 uh Mark 8 36 and what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Verse 37. Is anything worth more than your own soul? Just think about that for a second. Is anything worth more than your own soul? I think that's like you could just base your whole life on that one verse. Um, but anyway, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I ask you to help me to deliver what the people of Bethesda need to hear. I thank you for the opportunity to be a mouthpiece for you. I love you and I thank you. In your name we pray. Amen. So to start, I think we need to talk about maybe who we resent. Um, it can be a long list of people. It could be one person. It could be a group. It could be um, a situation in your life, maybe. Um, but I think the first thing I want to talk about is your spouses. I think a lot of times people resent their spouses. Not Dusty, because he's married to me and I'm awesome. But for the rest of you, you might resent your spouse sometimes. Um, and there's a lot of reasons, and I think a big one, and I hope no one in here has ever went through this or will go through this, but um, 
unfaithfulness. A lot of resentment can come from a spouse being unfaithful. Um, and that can be in a lot of different areas, too. Um, feeling unheard or unappreciated, that can make you resent your spouse. Um, if you choose other things or people or situations over your spouse, um, I told him this morning that my boss at work, her son, is, um, <coughs> well, she controls, like, his and his wife's bank account. Like, they have to ask her before they do things, and he's always come to work getting checks, and, like, it's weird. And she's always trying to figure out why, like, he's going through a second divorce. I mean, I don't know if it has anything to do with his mom controlling everything, but I think I could cause some issues. But um, so there's a lot of things that can cause resentment in a marriage, and sometimes maybe you don't even realize it, but if, like, you're getting a little spat today, but, like, in the back of your mind, you're still thinking about something that happened maybe, like, two months ago, you're still holding that in. And I used to be really, really bad about that. Sometimes I still do, but typically I'm okay. But I think it happens, and a lot of times we don't even realize it. Um, the second thing I want to talk about is family and friends, or maybe, like, our ex-friends. Um, we can have a lot of resentment towards them. Um, sometimes friendships don't work, and sometimes friends hurt us. Um, it's happened to me. I know you guys work hardly because I am like a really good friend to have. If I'm not your friend, you want me. Um, so, but people sometimes they talk bad about us. Um, sometimes they lie to us. I always say, if you want to be my enemy, to lie to me because I'm kind of mouthy and I say what I'm thinking usually more than I should. So if I'm saying what I'm thinking, I'm probably not lying to you. So don't lie to me. All my friends, okay? Um, and sometimes your friends just need you when they need, like they only want you when they need you. And that can cause a lot of buildup of anger towards them or resentment or bitterness. Um, and like I said, sometimes you don't realize it. And a lot of times I don't realize it until I can't sleep. Um, Elizabeth, I know you always talk about, like, Ryan sleeps all the time. Like, we are the same. Like, I sleep all the time. It's my favorite thing ever to do. Ever. Always. Um, Dusty always jokes and says it's my default setting, so if I'm not, like, talking or moving, I'm probably asleep. Um, uh, if I try to watch TV, like, yesterday I was trying really hard to watch TV and set my recliner. Every time I uh, woke up, I was like, my neck hurt, and then I do it again like five minutes later. Um, if I travel, I sleep. You can ask Donna and Greg. We travel with them a lot. I always sleep. I tend to wake up and be scared and scream and scare you in the car. But um, if I go to my mom's house and we're just sitting there, there's something about my mom's house. I always fall asleep. Like I'll just be sitting there and I'll fall asleep. It's weird. Um, so, but when I can't sleep, then I know that maybe God's checking me on something. Um, I'm not talking about like maybe you just toss and turn you didn't sleep well I mean like I don't sleep for like two or three nights and then I know I have to start praying because I'm probably going to have to apologize to somebody or forgive somebody <laughs> and usually I'm praying okay let me know who I need to forgive but don't make me apologize usually I still have to do both but um, so that's how I know so you need to make sure that when God's telling you that maybe you need to let go of something or maybe he's trying to let you know that you're holding on to something you need to let go of, let him. Um, I let him because I want to go to sleep. Um, I think we also have resentment sometimes towards our bosses or maybe our work or our work environment. I used to work at Walmart. I had a lot of resentment for Walmart. Um, 
Sometimes your bosses can make you feel like nothing you do is good enough. Um, sometimes you get passed over for a promotion you know you deserve, or you get denied time that you've earned, or um, maybe you were supposed to get this raise and you already spent the money, and then they're like, sorry, there's not enough money. That can definitely cause some resentment. Um, and the last one I want to talk about that we have some resentment towards, and probably not the people of Bethesda because you guys rock, but some people have resentment towards God. I know it's hard to believe, but they do. And I think that a big reason for that is loss. And that can be loss of your family. That can be loss of, like, a close family pet. Um, it can be a loss of a job. Uh, there's a lot of things. And I think a big part of that also is our lack of understanding of God's ways. Um, we ask a lot of why questions. Uh, why me? Why did I lose my job? Um, like when Dusty, like when the bank closed and he had to find another job, like that was a tough time where we're like, he loves this job. Why did it get bought and he's not keeping his job? So we've all been there. Um, sometimes we, we, why don't we have what others have? I told him this morning, like, I would like to have a camper like Leslie has, but she probably also wants her tent back that we borrowed five years ago, but, but we're probably going to use it again. So, you know, there's that. But anyway, I know where it's at. Um, but I think the reason we have resentment towards God sometimes is because life is hard, and it's really unfair, and that's just how it is. Like, I can't change it. I wish I could change it, but it just, it's hard. Um, and I think when life is really hard and becomes really unfair, it's a lot easier to just blame God instead of just trusting him and waiting, waiting it out. So instead, we just get angry with him, and we just want to hold on to it, and like I said, sometimes you don't even know, but maybe it comes in the form of like, uh, I don't really feel like going to church today. Maybe I don't feel like getting my kids up and dealing with it. There's a lot of ways where that can start showing in your life. So now maybe you've like started to think of maybe that person, maybe you have a person, maybe you have a situation or a group of people you're feeling like that. So how do you deal with it and how do you overcome it? Um, I lost my place. Oh, there we are. Okay, so I think the first way that we can deal with it and overcome it is we have to focus on God first. God needs to be our main focus all the time. And I'm going to read first Colossians 3, or not first Colossians, Colossians 3, um, verses 1 and 2. Since you have been raised to a new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits on the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. So if your main focus is on God and doing what God needs us to do, doing God's work, serving others and stuff, you're not going to have time to think about all the, all the anger you have. Does that make sense? I think it does. Okay. Um, so we always tell the youth group what you put in is what you get out. So if you're putting God in, God's going to come out. If you're putting joy in, joy's going to come out. And you do that by spending time with Jesus every day, by reading your Bible every day, by praying every day, by worshiping every day, and doing it over. Just repeat it. Do it every day, every single day. I know it's hard because we're really busy. Like Dustin said, you get distracted, but we really have to do it if we want to overcome these things. Um, I think the second way we can overcome it is to be thankful and um, <clears throat> be thankful for what we have. In 1 Thessalonians 
5, 16 through 18 says, Always be joyful, never stop praying, be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong in Christ Jesus. So I think the key words is in all circumstances, because that means life's going to get hard sometimes. Life's going to be unfair. If not, he would have said, be thankful when life is perfect and awesome. Right? But he said all circumstances, meaning it's not always going to be good. Um, so be thankful. My grandma Gracie taught me my whole life until she passed away, that every day you should say a prayer that you only thank Jesus for the things you have. It sounds really easy, but it's not. You start, like, it's easy to begin. You're like, thank you for this day, and thank you for my life, and thank you that I have a home. And, oh, by the way, can you maybe help me pay for this home? Like, it's really easy for it to, like, start to creep in. You start asking for things. You start um, mentioning other things. So just try to just do a prayer. You don't have to do it every day. My grandma Gracie said you should, so you probably should. But, um just try to do one prayer a day where you just thank Jesus for what you have. And the last one, the last way that you can overcome your resentment is the one you guys probably know I was going to say, but you're hoping that if it's me that I would forget and not say it. But it's forgiving those who've hurt you. Now, I know it's a lot easier to say than it is to do, but we have to. Um, and Mark uh, eleven twenty five says, But when you are praying, first forgive anyone you are holding a grudge against, so that your Father in heaven will forgive your sins. I mean, I think he's pretty clear that for us to be forgiven, we have to forgive. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about that, but first I just want to talk about, like, the physical benefits of being able to forgive. Um, I read an article on the John Hopkins website. They're, like, smart people, so I'm sure what they said is true. Um, and she was a doctor, okay? So anyway, people who are able to forgive often and people who make it a habit of trying to forgive and not holding on to things, they um, have a lower risk of heart attack. They have improved cholesterol levels, and their sleep patterns are better, which I'm obviously all about that. Um, they have a reduce in pain, their blood pressure, anxiety, depression, and stress. Overall, they have improved health. I think we all strive to be healthy, and it takes more than just um, the outside things like working out and eating right. You also have to take care of your inside to be healthy. Um, I also read somewhere else, not on the John Hopkins website, um, but it said that, and I really liked it because it was talking about unforgiveness, and it was saying that unforgiveness is like a cancer. The longer you let it sit within you, the more toxic it becomes to you, so it slowly starts eating away at you in in many different ways. Like a cancer will start one place and it will spread. So will unforgiveness. Okay. So is holding on to this grudge worth your physical health? Is it worth losing your soul? I think those are two really important questions to ask. Um, so, and I think, G- like I was talking about, and we read in Mark about Jesus saying you have to forgive so you can be forgiven. He says it a lot of times. So I think for me, when I read something one place and I read it again and I read it again and it shows up somewhere else, I think God's really trying to tell me something. And I think he's really serious about this. Um, in Colossians 3.13, he says, forgive as the Lord forgave you. In Matthew 6, 9 through 15, which is the Lord's prayer, the last verse, he says, if you refuse to forgive others, your father will not forgive you. Luke 17, 3 through 4 says, So watch yourselves. If another believer sins, rebuke that 
person than if there is repentance forgive. Even if that person wrongs you seven times a day and each time turns again and asks forgiveness, you must forgive. I think that's really hard. Maybe you found it in yourself to forgive once, but then they do it again. It gets a little harder, right? Um, Dusty, like, things roll off him pretty easy. He's, like, easygoing. But if you, like, get him once or hurt me, then he's just kind of like, eh, I'm done with you. <laughs> like, he's going to be nice to you, but he's just kind of like, I don't need you. But he's working on it. Because, like Jesus said, you have to continually forgive. Um, just like maybe you told a lie earlier this week and you asked forgiveness. It was all good. Maybe you actually told a lie again this morning. Just still going to forgive you. Just like he forgives us, we have to keep continually forgiving. Um, now, I love rap, okay? It's my favorite genre of music. I know I don't look like it, but I'm a rapper on the inside. I have a gangster heart, okay? And Lecrae is one of my favorite rappers. Darren over here thought it was like a French group, French band. It's not Darren. It's one rapper, and he's not French. Okay? He's, he's really cool. But he has a song called I'll Find You, and I'm not going to rap it, and I'm not going to play it. Don't worry. Um, but this song, it's became really popular, and not just in the Christian world, um, in the secular as well. Like, it's really, like, it's, like, hitting top charts right now. And I'm just going to read you the first verse because I think it really applies to what we're talking about. And I said read, not wrap it. Okay. So if you guys want to go listen to it later, just let me know and I'll tell you what it is. Okay. It says, I'm hanging on by a thread, and I'm all I'm clinging to is prayers. And every breath is like a battle. I feel like I ain't come prepared. You can say ain't if you're a rapper. It's okay. Um, and death's knocking on the front door. Pain's creeping through the back. Fear is crawling through the windows, waiting for him to attack. They say, don't get bitter, get better. I'm working on switching them letters. But tell God I'm going to need a whole lot of hope keeping it together. I'm smiling to in everyone's face. I'm crying whenever they leave the room. They don't know the battle I face. They don't understand what I'm going through. I think we've all been there. Like you guys are all right now, and most of you are smiling at me. But on the inside, there may be someone in this room that you maybe are holding some resentment towards, or maybe you're bitter towards them, or maybe you're thinking about that person. But on the outside, you're smiling. So we all, we all can, we understand that feeling. We know what that's like. Um, so Dusty is going to pass out a post note and a pen because sometimes at youth group we do something I like to um, call interactive worship and so I would set up stations around the church and there'll be like a topic so like one would be resentment and it'd be over here and I have a little some of you have joined like Rachel's been there once for it it's really cool um, like I'll have a little poster board thing I'll say like resentment then I'll give them a couple of Bible verses to read, and then they'll have to take a couple minutes and read it and think about it, and then a couple of minutes to pray about it, and then there's some type of action to do with it, like just like a, to symbolize what they just did. So like maybe we did like a sin maybe that they've been holding on to, they've been trying to fight, and they haven't been able to let go yet. So they would read the, um, the sin verses or whatever, and then they would pray about it and think about it, and then maybe I'd have, like, some sand laying there, and they could write the sand in it, or write in the sand, like, the sin or whatever it would be, and then they can wipe it away, just to kind of, just symbolizes what they just already did on the inside. Um, in high school, my friend Brittany and I, we were weird. You guys probably aren't surprised by that. But 
we would blow bubbles, and then, like, as the bubbles went away, like, that would, we would just think about, like, whatever it was we were holding on to, like, as the bubbles went away, we were letting it go. I think that stuff, it seems silly, but I think it helps. So if, while I was talking, you thought about a person or people or a situation that maybe you've been holding on to for a long time, or even a short time, just write their name on the, just write their name on the post-it note, or write the situation on the post-it note. So just take a second and think about it and write it down. So if everybody would just stand, please. So if you wrote something down in your post-it note, just kind of hold it in your hand, everybody, and just bow your head and shut your eyes. And as Pastor Ben always asks us to do, just ask, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? Is there someone that I need to forgive? Is there a situation that I need to let go of? And if that is you, then you can just say a prayer. It doesn't need to be mine. It can, it can be, but it doesn't have to be. So we're just going to pray. If you have that person, just try to let it go today. Let it, just let, get it out. It's not worth it. So dear Heavenly Father, I come to you this morning asking you to help me forgive this person or these people. I understand I can't do it alone, or is it worth losing my soul? Help me not to just say the word forgiveness, but to live it. I ask you to soften my heart towards this person or people and allow me to love them as you have instructed me. I thank you for allowing me to forgive, and I thank you for your son, Jesus, who died so that I can be forgiven. In your name, amen. So if you wrote a name down and you prayed, rip it up, and on your way out, just toss it, and you're done. And feel good.